This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who was not reinstated to Twitter over the weekend. Donald Trump was, and the media is losing its mind. The media is a bunch of losers. The 45th president yet to tweet anything whatsoever. But you can rest assured when he does, it'll be huge news. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. Of course, Trump, not the only one-term president making headlines. Joe Biden in a bit of a pickle as CBS has now corroborated the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, I'm in trouble. We will discuss it with Kentucky Representative James Comer, a man who is leading the very investigation into the suspicious activity reports of one Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. 888-788-9910 as we kick off a big Thanksgiving week on the show. You know the rules. No matter what city we're broadcasting, no matter what holiday we're observing, you can always be a Republican on the show. You can always be a Democrat. You can always be a Libertarian. You can be an Independent. We don't care what you identify as. If you identify as a goldfish, swim back and forth in the bowl and shut up. All we care is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody listening, uh, to your family. Uh, I'm going to be giving a lot of shout-outs. And I'm going to be giving recipes this week, for real. I make something, and I've told you guys this before. I am not by any stretch like a Michelin chef, but I know how to cook four or five things so well, like so well, that people walk away from our get-togethers being like, that Jimmy Fallon, he, the guy can actually cook. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And again, I'm not by any means a, Michigan, a Michelin chef, but I know how to cook a few things, and I've said this to you before. Um, the greatest life hack in the world in terms of improving your own personal quality of life, is learning to cook cheap, good food. And I'm going to give you a couple of recipes this week, one of which I will make at my own Thanksgiving that is going to shut it down. You'll have recipes. You'll have shout-outs. It's Thanksgiving week. we got a lot to be thankful for. I am, as you would imagine, profoundly thankful for all of you and the career growth uh, that you have blessed me with in the past year. I mean, it is insane. Like when I was in the airport Friday night, Madness. I mean, I probably took 50 selfies with just random people. Oh, my God, watch you on Fox, all oh, the whole thing. And I do think on some level my success is empowering to everybody watching because if they're like, if that idiot can do it, anybody, literally anybody can make it big if Jimmy Fallon is making it big. That's true. That is true. Uh, my first shout-out of the Thanksgiving week, by the way, really quickly, and then we'll get on with the business of the day. My man Jeff Warren is listening to this show every day down in Reno, Oklahoma, 
I met his mom at the Patriot Awards. And without getting sidetracked by Jeff's story, the only thing I'm going to tell you is this guy listens to us every day under a very unique set of circumstances that I don't know I have his permission to share. But the point is, Jeff is a dedicated Fox Across America listener. And Jeff, I want you to know when the time comes that you have a chance to come to one of my meet and greets or get together, you have a front row seat and you have unlimited alcohol on me, if that's your sort of thing. This could be a problem. Well, it's a problem if my producer's there. If it's me and Jeff, it's going to be fine. But Jeff Warren, congratulations. First shout-out of the Thanksgiving week. You know who's not getting a shout-out? Are you ready for it? Pretty much everybody who reacted to the news of Trump getting back on Twitter. Okay, this is really embarrassing stuff that went on over the weekend, and I'll tell you why it went on. And I'll tell you what it means for you going forward. But just to, you know, kind of reset the clock here. Okay, Twitter conducted a poll over the weekend. Elon Musk put out a poll. He said, hey, should we reinstate Trump's Twitter account by a margin of 52 to 48? The respondents voted yes. Now, before Trump gets too excited, uh, he should realize they still have to count the mail-in tweets uh, before we actually have a... Come on. But the point is, Elon has voted to reinstate Donald Trump, but Trump so far has not even gotten back onto Twitter. He's not tweeting. In the past, he said, I'm not coming back on, even if they let me come back on. I don't know that I believe that. Okay, but the point is, with nothing out of Trump, with no response to the poll, with no acknowledgement that this was going to be a thing, the collective media soundbite was basically... Okay, we had CBS staging a less than 48-hour boycott, which we'll get to them in a little bit. But CBS basically said, well, for an abundance of caution, we're getting off Twitter because, you know, we don't know if it's safe. And we got to be less than 48 hours later. They're back on Twitter. That was embarrassing. Okay, they are CBS engaged in the CNN plus of boycotts. They drew a ton of attention to it. We're doing this. It's a big deal. Over before it started. And we'll get to them. But it was all part of the same collective left-wing meltdown that, I got to tell you, is so laughable on its face. Why? Because what Elon Musk is doing on Twitter is giving people their free speech rights, the First Amendment of the Constitution. The Democrats, for anybody who pays attention, used to be the free speech party. Classic liberalism is all about freedom of speech. They were the sex, drugs, and rock and roll rage against the machine party, and they've all now joined the machine. They want big tech censorship. They want big government forcing medicine into your body. That's the side they supported. All of the people who said it's rage against the machine in the 90s helped the machine of big pharma and big government collude to get that vaccine into your arm whether you wanted it or not. What the hell is the world coming to? But do you understand that's what makes this whole freak out so laughable? It's like, oh, no, we can't have... Freedom of, you know, that thing we stood for forever? We can't have that. It's actually really bad. We were talking it over and, yeah, none of that stuff. And it's, it's really embarrassing. You know, that's the whole truth of it. But you got to understand in this moment why they're so threatened by the idea of freedom of speech. And this is, you know, I can't oversimplify this enough. The Democrats got really, really 
They got really, really lazy. He knows what he's talking about. What I mean by that is for the past five or six years, they have not had to engage in the battle of ideas. For the past five or six years, they've staked out a position, and if you didn't agree with it, you were a racist, you were a transphobe, you were a homophobe, you know, you're a bigot. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay, but people have stopped going along with their stupid ideas purely because of name-calling. Okay, there was a while there where it worked because people were like, well, I don't want to get the blowback from this. What the Democrats have always done politically to get their way in the culture war, and they were certainly doing this with trans rights when it came to trying to gaslight America over Ron DeSantis's parental rights and education bill. Okay, do you remember that whole thing? DeSantis passed a bill that said it was going to be illegal to teach kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade sex ed. Can't teach them sex ed. Not that, he didn't ban gay st- tr- sex ed. He didn't ban get trans sex ed. He banned all sex ed. Correct the mundo. All sex ed. It wasn't like he was discriminating against one class of people. He was actually just looking out for parents and their children and acknowledging something we all knew to be common sense and reality, which is that anybody, and I mean anybody, who wants to talk to your kindergartner about sex shouldn't be anywhere near a kindergartner. I admire your honesty. Really, think about that. When we were growing up, if somebody said to you, oh, you're going to teach your kindergartner, your first grader, your second grader, your third grader about sex, you know, your reaction, I mean, really would have been nothing short of Hulk Hogan. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Really think about that. But anyway, that was the line they drew in the sand. And the Democrats have always gotten their way in these culture wars by using an old street hustle called the lemon drop. Okay, what the lemon drop is, this is a thing that goes on the streets of New York. I don't doubt it goes on on other streets around the world, is there are guys on the street that are hustlers, grifters, okay, that will walk up to a tourist and bump into them, like make it look accidental, and drop their glasses on the ground. And they're like, hey, man, you broke my glasses. You got to give me $20. And the tourist is like, what do you mean? I don't even know who you are. I don't even see you in your glasses. And the guy's like, give me the $20. You broke my glasses. And the guy's like, I'm not giving you $20. I don't know you. And then they're like, police, help, police. This guy broke my glasses. Give me $20. And you know what the tourist does? He gives them the $20 to make the problem go away. Well, that's how the Democrats have gotten a lot of their work done in the past five or six years. A good example of that would be like Brett Kavanaugh was when it actually backfired. But traditionally, when it comes to, like, corporations, when it comes to canceling comedians, they just yell and scream till the business that happens to be aligned with the perpetrator, the comedian who told the bad joke, uh, the, you know, people cut ties and they walk away because the Democrats are standing there screaming in the street, hey, police, you broke my glasses, I want something, you owe me, come on, come on, and they just break it up and go away. And the Democrats were able to do that. It backfired when it came to Brett Kavanaugh because they had to give the guy due process. It was a court of law. So just yelling and screaming, this guy's a a rapist with no evidence, okay, that had been effective for a long time, okay? But when it came to the court of law, the Democrats quickly found that there was a difference between the court of law and the court of public opinion. (laughs) And that's where they find themselves now on this Twitter freakout because at the end of the day – They're yelling and screaming. This is another lemon drop. We're all going to die. Trump's on Twitter. You can't do this sort of stuff. Okay, but understand that nobody is taking them at their word on any of this purported damage. And the reason they're not taking them at their word is because people know the difference between speech and violence. People know the difference. Here's Adam Schiff, a guy who once told us Donald Trump Okay, and Adam Schiff had definitive proof, 
definitive proof of Russian collusion. Wrong. But do you remember he said that? I have definitive proof. It's beyond circumstantial evidence at this point. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think... So you Director have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and, uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary- yourself. I mean, seriously, this guy had proof... Proof, definitive proof of Russian collusion. <laughs> Mueller probe's been over three years now. Has anyone seen Adam Schiff's proof of Russian collusion? The answer would be no. Okay, but here he is explaining why Elon Musk reinstating Trump is a mistake. And understand, Adam Schiff knows things. This is definitive proof of Russian collusion guy. Clip 15. Well, I suspect he will do whatever Marjorie Taylor Greene wants him to do. Uh, he's a very weak leader of his conference, uh, meaning that Uh, he will adhere to the wishes of the lowest common denominator. Uh, And if that lowest common denominator wants to remove people from committees, that's what they'll do. It's going to be chaos uh, with a Republican leadership. Um, And sadly, the the kind of the crazy caucus has grown among the Republicans. Shut up! Will you shut up? Oh, it's going to be chaos with Republican leadership because they want investigations said the guy who led a three-year investigation into Russia collusion that they all knew was fake at the outset. Don't ever forget the Mueller probe, the biggest scam known to man, the biggest conspiracy of our lifetime. That's not me defending Trump. That's me defending sanity. The Mueller probe was based on opposition research bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton, the phony Steele dossier. You've heard the term a billion times. But they were still willing to hold the country hostage because they were trying to get Donald Trump to do something disqualifying. Hey, we'll keep leaking anonymously sourced bombshell reports. Schiff's got one proof of collusion after another. And at some point, Trump will self-destruct. He'll fire Robert Mueller, and he'll create the perception that there's a there there. Bingo. That was the point of the Mueller probe. But Adam Schiff, again, wants you to be, you know, leery of Republicans taking control because, heaven forbid, they investigate stuff we have tangible, credible evidence on, like, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop, something that CBS has just formally corroborated itself. We'll get to it in the next hour with James Comer. But here is Scott Galloway on Face the Nation having another uh, Russia-esque moment saying that Russia hacked the Twitter poll. Clip 16. So I think these polls are mostly a gimmick and I would argue the people haven't spoken. The GRU has spoken. These uh, Twitter has become Russian intelligence. You mean? Hundred percent. Twitter has become a playground for bad actors and fake bots. This poll is meaningless. This decision is meaningless. I mean, that was absolutely dreadful. So Russia hack the Twitter poll is what this guy wants you to believe. Okay, there's really only one thing you need to believe. Okay, these people are really threatened by the idea battle. Because they haven't had to fight it for about five years. Take a position, scream and yell that anybody who's against it is a homophobe or a racist, you're good to go. See a position that contradicts the mainstream media narrative, it's canceled immediately, big tech's got your back. That's why the Democrats, the liberal allies, and the media are as apoplectic as they are, okay? It's not because that they're in some, you know, some way worried that Trump's going to go and lead to an attack and everybody's going to get killed. OK, he's been reinstated for 48 hours. We're all still alive. OK, the thing they're worried about is not you. It's them. 
And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Common sense from a not-so-sensible man. It's the compassion. It's the, it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the, it's the horse sense of the guy that gets you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A busy day on the show today. Retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow is going to take us inside the quest to solve these four heinous murders that took place out in Idaho over a week ago now. And we'll have an update as well on the horrific shooting in a Colorado nightclub over the weekend, a gay nightclub. Uh, right now, we're talking about Twitter. We're talking about Hunter Biden. We're talking about potential investigations in the House of Representatives. James Comer is going to be joining us in the next hour to get us up to speed on that. But as far as the media meltdown goes, over at MSNBC, and you talk about a stampede of stupidity, okay? Aisha Moody Mills over on MSNBC takes a shot at Elon Musk and says, This is just white privileged. Cis hetero men protecting each other. Do you speak in English? Yeah, because nobody else speaks that way. No one else. Oh, look at those cis heteronormative men looking at it. Do you speak in English? Everybody on the woke left, you're trying to make some type of a point. I don't know. Maybe use terms the rest of us understand. Everything woke turns to Here's Aisha Moody Mills. Get out your woke to English dictionary. You're going to need it. Clip 18. I'm absolutely disgusted. But what else do we expect from very white, privileged, cis, hetero men protecting each other because we <laughs> always mistake wealth and inheritance for genius? So, yay, Elon Musk gets what he wants, his buddy back on the air, in order to finish burning down democracy while he finishes burning down the town square. <laughs> Have you ever had a check? I mean, seriously. Elon Musk is trying to finish the business of burning down democracy. Not even close. Really? He's he's so anti-democracy. He's putting up a poll and allowing everyone in the world to vote. That's how anti-democracy he is, Aisha. What would you do with a brain if you had one? A fair question to ask. I'm Listen, folks, there has never been a dumber time to be alive than the time you happen to be living in. You talk about weapons grade stupid, okay? Elon Musk is not saying you can't vote. He's not saying we're going to censor ideas we don't agree with. Elon Musk is saying, hey, you know, I might have migrated to this country, but one of the reasons I did is you guys had this thing called freedom, and he's trying to give it back to you, and everyone on the left is losing their mind. He's burning down democracy, the terrorists are on blast. We're all going to die. Save yourselves. Run for your lives. Democrats are so full of crap. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fired up. Big Monday episode of the show. A show that is going on the road once we get through the Thanksgiving holiday. I will be down in Oklahoma City at the Bricktown Comedy Club Friday night, December the 9th, Saturday night, December the 10th. You can get tickets to that at BricktownComedy.com. The following week, Friday night, December 16th, Saturday night, December 17th, you can come see your radio buddy at the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Tickets for that at SummitCityComedy.com. Right now, all the laughs coming courtesy of CBS which had a laughable 48-hour boycott of Twitter. It didn't even last 48 hours, but Twitter announced on Friday they were getting off. They were get, uh, CBS announced they were getting off Twitter out of an abundance of caution. Okay, we've got all this turmoil at Twitter. We don't know if it's safe there. Hello, they're not concerned about safety on an app, and if they were, they wouldn't be on TikTok. When you're right, you're right. You're right. TikTok is the biggest scam known to man. And that's not some right-wing talking point. That's not some Donald Trump talking point. Here is Senator Mark Warner from Virginia, a Democrat from Virginia, flat out agreeing with Trump and telling parents TikTok is dangerous. Delete the app and throw away the phone. This, this is Mark Warner talking about TikTok. Here it is, clip 14. I think Donald Trump was right. I mean, TikTok is a enormous threat. It's a threat on two levels. One, it is a massive collector of information, oftentimes of our children. Uh, they can visualize even down to your keystrokes. So if you're a parent and you got a kid on TikTok, I would be very, very concerned. All of that data uh, that your child is inputting and receiving is being stored somewhere uh, in Beijing. The second problem is is that TikTok, in a sense, is a a broadcasting network, in a sense. And if the Chinese Communist Party and TikTok, at the at the end of the day, has to be reliant on the Communist Party, the Chinese law states that. If they suddenly want to dial up the fact that we are going to decrease the content that criticizes. Mm -hmm. Chinese leadership, but increase the content that your kids may be seeing saying, hey, you know, Taiwan really is part of China. That is a distribution model that would make RT or Sputnik or some of the Russian propaganda models pale in comparison. I think he's got a point. Think about that. Okay. TikTok, which is actually harvesting your child's information, which is actually stealing your kid's data down to the keystrokes. TikTok, which is run by the Chinese communist government. TikTok, is it being boycotted by CBS? The answer would be no. Nobody's mad that TikTok's harming our children. But when it comes to Twitter, potentially, oh, I don't know, ensuring people's speech rights in the court of public opinion, they're all freaking out. Why are they all freaking out? Because you realize they have become so beholden 
to big tech censorship. It's what swung them the election in 2020. You understand, Donald Trump would be president. We're going to talk about this with James Comer in the next hour. Donald Trump would be the president if it were not for the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story. When you look at the polling, it tells you 15% of Biden voters would have changed their vote if they knew about the Hunter Biden story, if they knew it had not only been corroborated by our director of national intelligence, it had not only been corroborated by the FBI, but by Hunter Biden's own business partner who came forward to say that Joe Biden was not only lying when he said he'd never discussed his son's business, but that Joe Biden was actually getting a 10% cut of the money. Are you the big man, Joe? So you understand the reason they're upset about Twitter and not TikTok is they don't care about your kids. They care about themselves, okay? And in this instance, not having Twitter there to do the censorship work for them becomes a real political liability. So they're embarrassing themselves. But less than 48 hours after CBS announced on the air, this was the original announcement, In light of the uncertainty around Twitter and out of an abundance of caution, CBS News is pausing its activity on the social media site as it continues to monitor the platform. Okay, what did they decide less than 48 hours earlier? After pausing for much of the weekend to assess the security concerns, CBS News and stations resuming its activity on Twitter as we continue to monitor the situation. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. (laughs) So what are they telling us? They kick the tires? And Twitter's actually good. It's safe and sound. They did their own deep dive in less than 48 hours. No, CBS was grandstanding and it blew up in their face. They thought they were going to take this stand. Other people were going to follow suit. And now they'd have a mass exodus from Twitter and they wouldn't have to worry about it being so influential. Well, lo and behold, less than 48 hours later, they're a laughing stock. Not only is Elon Musk mocking them with memes. He posted a Brokeback Mountain meme late last night of, you know, the two cowboys hugging each other. And one said CBS. The other said Twitter. You know, I can't quit you. We pr- he posted an emoji yesterday. It's like it's silly stuff. But the point is all of these news networks are full of it. And understand, none of them are worried about violence. And the reason I know they're not worried about violence is because they let actual terrorists, they let Shahs of Iran, they let I mean, I'm talking about like guys like Farrakhan are on Twitter, guys that are calling for the elimination of Israel, guys that are calling for the elimination of America are on Twitter actively tweeting. But they're like, well, Trump, you know, he questioned the legitimacy of an election, so he should never be on Twitter again. Yo, if questioning the outcome of an election is grounds for a lifetime ban from the sphere of public discourse, then get with the program and ban all of these people. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Whoa, 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 whoa! So uh, I guess we have some issues? (laughs) No, there's no issue because they're full of it. That's the point. And again, you know I'm not running the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. I just want to have an honest conversation. And we're not getting any honesty out of this reaction to Twitter. Every single person who's pretending that they care, they're worried about violence, is full of it. If you don't believe me, ask my man Harold, who's checking in from Raleigh, North Carolina. Yo, Harold! 
Thank you for taking my call, sir. Of course. I'm glad, um, Mr. If I had $40 billion, I would have bought Twitter. <laughs> and I and what the left is really freaking out about is this guy's making these people go to work. Yep. That's, that's what that's, it is. They don't want to work. You got, you, and the left seems to be into this thing where you don't have to work. You, we, we take care of you. They want to give you guaranteed incomes. They want to give you food stamps and Section 8. As a black man who grew up in the hood without, without a dad, I guess I didn't get the memo that I was a victim. Okay? <laughs> I guess I didn't get it. <laughs> no, you went out and worked for a living, and you had a decorated career with the NYPD. My memory serves me well. And yes, you, you made your own life in the world. Don't you feel like on some level it's its own form of bigotry when they try to talk down to black voters like you can't think for yourself, you're somehow under attack if we're allowed if we allow free speech in this country. Aren't they kind of treating you like a child and taking that approach? Well, that plays that plays into the fact that that's why they want the schools to dumb you down mm -hmm. because you can't think you can't think objectively because you go to school every day and you're being taught he, she, they. <laughs> you know, my granddaughter came home to me and said, uh, granddad, um, he's not that person is non-binary. I, I had to look it up. <laughs> I didn't know what non I, I had never heard the term. I had to look it up to figure it out. Oh. She's not in school learning ABCs, math, geometry. She's in school learning pronouns. Fascinating. But that's what's going and, on. And you know what else bothers yeah. me, Mr. Phelan, about these people on the news? Mm hmm. All these uh, newscasters and all these pundits that are Democrats, mm -hmm. and they talk about white supremacy constantly, they all have nothing against it, either white lovers or white husbands or white women. And they all live in lily white neighborhoods, but the white man is the problem. <laughs> Harold, there went your shot of getting on an MSNBC, by the way. <laughs> I would like to get on there and talk to Joy Reid. I can give her a piece of my mind or the view. Put me on either show. <laughs> yeah. I can handle myself. I know you can. That's why you're not going on. But, you know, you're always <laughs> welcome here. But, no, you make good points. And when you think about Twitter, right, one of the points I think you were talking to Mikey about was the fact that nobody ever complains on the left about the terrorists on Twitter. Nobody ever complains about the other world leaders that are calling the wipe Israel off the map of the earth. So don't you kind of see through the charade of this whole thing? None of them complained about the two years I watched police officers getting beat up and stuff was getting burned, burned down. And a lot of that had to be do with Twitter. Yep. And nobody, nobody made any noise about it. Think, Not a peep. Think about now all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, oh, now all of a sudden everybody's so righteous because yeah. Elon Musk, the bottom line is he bought the company making people go to work yep. and that's what they're pissed off about <laughs> Harold Harold says get off your ass that's Harold's message uh, Take care. Have a good you too my man be well uh, Harold he's telling the truth they don't want to have to work in the uh, in the uh, arena the the idea battle they they haven't had to fight the idea battle for a while the employees at twitter themselves also okay if you look at their political donations over 99.4 percent of their political donations went to the democratic party they lean overwhelmingly left twitter was a big tech censorship ally of the democratic party which is why they're losing their minds as it goes away it's more influential with independence than Facebook is. Facebook skews a little bit older, and Facebook uh, is a little bit more conservative if you break down its usership than Twitter. Twitter's usership is largely the journalist class and people that are very actively engaged in politics, people that are following it minute by minute. If you go on Twitter, you notice after a while the people you like the most 
are never off the app. They're tweeting 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It's kind of psychotic, to be honest. It's kind of depressing. But the truth is Twitter was so useful for the Democratic Party that they find themselves in a spot where they're really threatened right now. You hear Biden talking about, well, we're going to have to investigate this as a national security threat. That's not right. Not even kind of right. Okay, we know that TikTok is a national security threat. We know it. It's run by the Chinese you know, Communist Party. Okay, we know Democratic senators. I just played you a clip of Mark Warner. What did he say? Ah, Trump was right. If you're a parent, you got a kid on TikTok, you got to get him the hell off TikTok. Okay, that's a Democrat. That's not Trump. That's not Fox News. That's just the truth. Okay, everybody tries to filter things through a partisan lens. The joy of being on this show is I can promise you for as long as they're crazy enough to leave us on the air, we're just going to tell you the truth. Okay, I got addicted to it driving a taxi because you get 40 people in your cab a day that you're never going to see again. So you can tell them anything you want because you don't have to worry about seeing them again. Yeah, sometimes you do wind up seeing them again. And, you know, (laughs) it is a little awkward when you have to hear the stripper story a second time. Hubba, hubba. Okay, but the point is when it comes to you and me, I can be honest with all of you. And the God's honest truth when it comes to this Twitter thing is they are freaking out big time because it's a threat to everything, everything in their new woke world order. You can't converse honestly, okay, on Twitter six months ago. If you said six months ago that biological men and women had differences, if you said that on Twitter, they were throwing you off the app. You were not allowed to say the Babylon Bee was suspended from Twitter for calling Rachel Levine a biological man. Now, here's a newsflash. Rachel Levine is a biological man. That doesn't mean I hate her, I wish her harm or him harm or whatever Rachel Levine has you know, become. Okay, this is, a, this is a, a trans woman who is a biological man. That is a fact. Twitter was denying biology and telling us there were no difference between men and women. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. Totally. Okay, Twitter was denying, denying science. You know the follow the science crowd? You were not allowed to say that natural immunity had an efficacy against the virus itself when it came to COVID. You were supposed to say it doesn't count. Till the CDC got done banning everybody for saying it did count. Okay, and has now issued as part of its vaccine exception the fact that if you've previously tested positive for COVID, guess what? We now acknowledge natural immunity again. Oh, wow. Think about that. People were thrown off of Twitter for saying vaccinated people get COVID. You were thrown off of Twitter for telling the truth about the science. Folks, we've had over 50 million vaccinated people get COVID. Here's a newsflash. Vaccinated people get COVID. But were you allowed to tweet that under the old regime? The answer would be no. How about, oh, I don't know, COVID originated in a Wuhan lab. There was a six-month window there where if you tweeted that, you got thrown off of Twitter. Now you're allowed to tell the truth again. Okay, and that's a hard reality for the Democrats to wake up to, because if you're trying to establish a new woke world order and people have injected science and freedom of speech back into the equation, you got yourself a really big problem. Introducing Woke Rock, the gender neutral album that's got everyone coming to terms.
12 inclusive anthems everyone can live by. Non-binary woman, stay away from me. Non-binary woman, parent let me be. Music so good, it's dangerous. Oh, here they come. Watch out, Zir, they'll chew you up. Rock. Available on college campuses and corporate boardrooms everywhere. Your birthing person don't dance and your parent don't rock and roll. We've never sold a copy, but we identify as number one on the charts. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, rousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Media entering full-blown say-anything mode. We even got reports over the weekend from MSNBC claiming that Ron DeSantis won because of gerrymandering. Ron DeSantis won by 20 points. Uh, You know, gerrymandering, let's be very clear, could move a vote or two in a district, but can it move... Tens of millions of votes? The answer would be no. Come on, man. Even George sees through it. George is down in Hedgesville, West Virginia. Yo, George! Hey, Jimmy. Uh, it's a great day to be an American. Yeah, you ain't kidding every day. Every day in that, in, with that spirit. Um, let me ask you this, George, because you know things. Yeah. Um, is, have we just reached say-anything mode now? If you work in the media, you can just say whatever the heck you want. Well, it sure is over at MSNBC because you you've questioned the you know mental acumen of the hosts over there and some of the speakers, but for this lady to claim that he won based on gerrymandering, how does how does that work in a statewide election? I I just haven't trouble getting my mind around that, Jimmy. <laughs> it's so fascinating because no one's listening to themselves. Like, that's what happened. You hear me make this point a lot, man, where I say, like, you know, if you get in a fight with, like, your wife or your girlfriend, you guys yell at each other and say things, you don't, you know, because you're emotional and you're not being yourselves. But when it's over, you make up and you're like, you know, hey, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, they don't ever leave that place of emotion that should otherwise tell them that what they said was idiotic. And, you yeah, know, you've said it before, yep. you know, emotions make their facts. Yep. And that seems to be I, I think she even implied, I think, that he might try to do something like this across the, the nation. Can he gerrymander? About- <laughs> this is what it's this is what it's come to. Uh, George, I hope you're taking a break for Thanksgiving from all of this madness. I am. All I right. am. I'm going to sit down with uh my wife and a couple of my kids and grandkids and going to have a great Thanksgiving week. Thank you, Jimmy. Dang right you are. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, my man. Uh, great call, George. We're back after this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Getting ready for a big hour, a plus-sized hour. I can't say big. It's a plus-sized hour. 
of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We're also going to be talking to my main man, James Comer, superstar representative from the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky, a man who is leading the probe into the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Really might be, because CBS, when it wasn't embarrassing itself over 48-hour Twitter boycotts, did in fact dispatch Catherine Herridge to do a report on the Hunter Biden laptop and dig this. They found out that everything on it was true. Oh, wow. Their own take. We're going to get into it in this hour. 888-788-9910. We know this is a you know a little bit of a hot button issue. The old Hunter Biden laptop thing. The changing of the guard in Washington. Uh, so behave. Uh, we say it every hour. The show is an audio safe space for cool people. We welcome all your ideas, whether we agree with them or not. Uh, we just ask that you behave. I say it every day. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a That is it as we get going here on hour number two. So the incoming House Oversight Committee, okay, the chairman is James Comer. He's joining us in this hour. And uh, he said he is going to specifically look into uh, Hunter's business dealings and the fact that Joe Biden lied when he said he had no idea about what Hunter was doing in business. I mean, dude, come on. Okay, not only do we have emails showing that Hunter Biden paid his father's living expenses, not only do we have a living, breathing business partner by the name of Tony Bobolinsky who was willing to put his name on the record, Not only do we have the laptop repairman who possessed these two Hunter Biden laptops and came forward to the FBI to say, oh, by the way, this is the vice president's kid naked with hookers and cocaine all over the laptop. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Not only do we have 150 suspicious activity reports as it pertains to Hunter Biden's banking transactions. 150 SARs, that's what they're called, were opened up on the Biden family during the years Joe Biden served as Barack Obama's vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. He was there for eight years. He was vice president. And while he was vice president, Hunter Biden was peddling influence in our government. At a time when a Ukrainian power company called Burisma was trying to win an energy contract from our government, okay, Joe Biden is the sitting vice president of that government. His son Hunter gets put on the board of Burisma and is making millions of dollars to consult an energy company despite the fact that Amish people know more about energy than Hunter Biden does. Okay, so it never looked legit on the surface. But not only do we have all of that corroboration, but understand the FBI, okay, and the director of national intelligence at the time, we're talking about October of 2020, both came out and said the laptop was legit. So you understand what came next, the former, you know, intelligence officials who came forth, 51 of them said this bears all the markings of a Russian disinformation campaign. Not even close! They knew that was a scam. 51 former intelligence agents, guys like James Clapper and John Brennan and the Adam Schiff, all these people came out and said, oh, it's Russian disinformation, don't cover the story. And that was enough for the New York Times, for the Washington Post, to flat out not cover the story. 
Okay, now they knew at the time they were just running interference for a potentially damaging scandal that could very well upend the election. Understand, 15% of Biden voters said they would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden laptop story. That's significant because you're talking about 12 to 13 million voters in an election that was decided by less than 15,000 votes when you add up the key swing districts that swung it to Biden. So you understand every one of those big tech censors played a role in influencing the outcome of this election. That's why they're so apoplectic about losing Twitter. They're losing their minds because Twitter was one of their key pass interference culprits that could get out there and make a move that wouldn't get called and it would change the outcome of the game. You think about the New York Times and the Washington Post. They all know what they did was wrong at the time they did it. When they say like, oh, we got it wrong. Turns out the Hunter Biden laptop story was true. Okay, remember this. In the run-up to the election, the New York Times and the Washington Post wrote lengthy exposés saying they weren't going to cover it because it was Russian disinformation. Then when the election was over and Biden was polling at 37 percent, they both buried it in other articles. And, oh, by the way, the Hunter Biden laptop was real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But here's the bigger problem now. The Republicans now have control of the House of Representatives. The Republicans now have full subpoena power over Hunter Biden and everybody who interacted with his shady foreign business deals. <laughs> Think about that. And this is significant. This is actually significant. And this matters whether you're Republican or you're Democrat. I don't know that Joe Biden is compromised. I don't have that proof. I'm a very responsible broadcaster. But you understand when they go to the lengths they do to bury a story, they're not burying it because it's good for them. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. You understand when Joe Biden said on the campaign trail to Peter Ducey, God love you, pal. You're a one trick pony. No, I never had anything to do with my son's business dealings. You're alive. Okay, we have emails. We have business partners. We have laptop repairmen. We have we have SAR, suspicious activity reports. And you know what else we now have? CBS. Okay, CBS has finally found Jesus a little bit late in the service. And why are they doing this, you ask me? Hey, Jimmy, radio buddy, you own a politics to English dictionary. Why is CBS? Why is the New York Times? Why is the Washington Post now coming around and saying it turns out it was true? Because they're trying to distance themselves from what they all knowingly did in the run up to the election, which was interfere on behalf of the Democratic Party. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, they knew it was a scam. They knew that this could potentially swing the outcome of the election. But you know what else they knew? They knew it was going to damage Trump. That is correct. And that's all they cared about. Okay? Hunter Biden and this investigation really could, and it's, you know, Biden says, this is not hyperbole, man. It really could bring down Biden in time for two reasons. One, there was definitely some type of influence peddling scheme going on. I don't know that Biden is compromised. I really actually don't know that. But at a time when we're paying climate reparations 
to play to countries, you know, for pollution. But we're not making China chip in a dollar, the biggest polluter in the world, by a margin of five. At a time when we're giving all of these kickbacks and we're spending all of this money in Ukraine, but it can't be audited. But we do know some of it was invested in that FTX scandal, that crypto scam that just wiped out people's life savings. Oh, no big deal here. The guy just happened to be the biggest Democratic donor in the world right now. Guy donated $37 million to Democrats. And now we are to believe that the Democrats are going to investigate him honestly and fairly. That is a lie. Nobody believes that. But you understand the media is trying, trying, because they're very strategic. Okay, they do need to shill for whoever the next Democrat's going to be in 2024. There is no way in hell it is going to be Barack, uh, excuse me, it's going to be Joe Biden. I agree with that. Even Barack Obama knows that. And there is absolutely no way it's going to be his vice president. Tell him like it is. Okay, so the media is going to have to work overtime to shill for whoever the Democratic nominee has to be. They know that their credibility is going to be tainted, you dig, if in fact this Hunter Biden story sees the light of day, which it's going to see the light of day because Republicans control Congress. So you understand, the reason CBS dispatched Catherine Herridge, Catherine Herridge used to work here at Fox News. Catherine Herridge knows better, okay? The reason CBS dispatched Catherine Herridge over the weekend to corroborate the contents of the laptop is because they knew it was legit before when they were refusing to report on it. Everyone knew it was legit in 2020. They knew Hunter was involved in some type of nefarious business uh, influence peddling scheme, and they knew they went out of their way to cover it up. Well, now as the House investigates the Biden family crime syndicate, which is what it reads like to a lot of people. Okay, they realize that if there is, in fact, a there there and Hunter was so brazenly engaged in corrupt activities, they themselves must have clearly known this in the fall of 2020. Ergo, they're trying to paint this like, well, we never had a chance in 2020 to verify whether or not this was legitimate. But now that we've had a chance, it turns out, oh, yeah, we were Wrong all along, it turns out Biden was, you know, Hunter was on on to something, okay? That's what's going on here. They're playing dumb. That's what this corroboration happens to be. It's an attempt by them to make it sound like, well, the first time around, we paused reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop story out of an abundance of caution. We didn't want to wrongly influence the outcome of an election, so we naturally wrongly influenced the outcome of an election. Yo, that's clown stuff. (laughs) Think about that. They influenced an election. They refused to report a story that was damaging to the Democratic nominee. Why are they reporting it now? Because it could, could become damaging to them. I admire your honesty. Well, you get a lot of it on this show. That's the problem now, is if the Republicans investigate this, go to the mattresses, and it turns out the whole Biden family was corrupt, then every media outlet that covered this up looks like a bunch of dirtbags for doing so. They don't want the backlash of that, so they're now getting ahead of a story they knew to be true all along. I'm telling you because I care. Joe Biden and his family, they're in trouble. Okay, they're in actual trouble because the Republicans are going to investigate this. And again, I'm not telling you uh, this is going to end in them taking a perp walk. He's going to get forced out of office. But I am telling you, if you're polling at 37 percent and you've lied to the American people as much as Joe Biden has, and you have no, absolutely positively no chance of being the nominee in 2024. I know they say, oh, Biden's running again in 2024. Okay, you don't understand. He's sharp as a tech. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. There is no chance 
he is running in 2024. Zero chance. He can't withstand the physical demands of campaigning. He can't. He ran in 2020 because he didn't have to run. He stayed home. The media ran the campaign for him. There were more Elvis sightings in the summer of 2020 than there were Biden sightings. Okay, the guy did his campaigning over Zoom, and even then they had to cut his mic because they didn't know what was going to come out of his mouth. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? But the problem Joe Biden is running into is, you know, the guy has been a congenital liar about just about everything known to man. But he is historically unpopular in this moment. So while, yes, the media was willing to shill for him because they would do anything to stop Trump, they did need a useful idiot. You know, Joe Biden's problem is he is a full-time idiot. And as in this investigation probes deeper, a liar like him is going to find out that they were only hiring idiots part-time when it came to the media. He's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap The country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with Kentucky Representative James Comer uh, in the next break. He is, of course, the incoming House Oversight Committee chairman. He is the guy launching an investigation into the Biden family. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I don't know. But joining us now is someone who believes he's not in trouble. Uh, Pam is in Marwa, New Jersey. Yo, Pam. Yo, girlfriend. How are you? I see you all over the place. Oh, you I see you on the morning program. I see you on Saturday. Big show. Oh, Doing great. Pam, I do it all here at Fox News. I actually trim Geraldo's mustache. <laughs> I... I park Hannity's Bentley. I actually have to wash the floors 44 through 48 after this, so I'm not going to keep you long. i got to wash the windows. But, um, Pam, give me this. I have a theory for you. Listen to this, mm-hmm. and I want you to mull this over. Okay. okay. This is how they're going to get out of trouble. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're going to convince Kamala Harris to step down. They're going to give her some big, you know, global Ooh. position like save, save the whales worldwide. <laughs> Some stupid nothing position, but she's going to take it. Okay. okay? Uh-huh. Biden is going to bring in Gavin Newsom as his vice president. Okay. Ooh. Biden will wait a couple of months and then he'll step down because he's too sick and demented. 
Okay. okay. So Newsom becomes president without a vote being cast. Mm. He chooses a vice president like Stacey Abrams or something. Mm. And then you know what he's going to do as his first official thing? Mm. Mm-hmm. He will pardon Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So it's I, like they pardoned Nixon. Okay, so I just want to be up to speed on here. You're saying they for, we not we force out Kamala. We not only install a new president, but once that new president Biden leaves, we get a second vice president, um, and that ends with Biden being pardoned. That's what I'm following here. Yes. Okay. Listen, it's it's not completely, you know, I wouldn't say this to a regular caller, but I know you well enough because you call in, we put you on the air a lot. How is the weed in Jersey, Pam? It sounds pretty strong. <laughs> it's fantastic. Listen. I do think uh, I, I don't like I don't I don't think Biden's like going to step down. Like I, I get why, you know, you're outlining all of these potential ways they'll get away with it because they do always get away with it. So you're not wrong to speculate. Uh, but I do think, you know, in terms of there being concern, I think there is valid concern about where this investigation goes, because mm-hmm. there is a lot there. Like the Mueller thing was nothing like Hillary really yeah. did. They created a fake story about this alpha bank that Trump was supposedly communicating with back channel. Mm -hmm. That was like Mm -hmm. literally made up out of thin air and people had Mm -hmm. to testify to that in court. So we got the Mueller probe lasted two and a half years based on absolutely nothing. In this instance, again, I can't say there was criminal wrongdoing on Biden's part, but we have a lot of evidence that he lied about what he knew. And you usually don't lie about stuff like that unless the truth is a problem. You know what I'm saying? So I think they're genuinely concerned. I don't know if this seven vice president scenario that you've outlined, this Russian doll box of replacements is going to pan out, Pam. Uh, but you're certainly welcome to call in with whatever your next theory happens to be. But I do agree that Biden knows he's in trouble. So game ball to you so far, Pam. Happy, thanks- Happy Thanksgiving, girlfriend. I'll see you soon. James Comer. He can speak to all of this and more when we come back. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. We are back in action on a big Monday episode of the show. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are joining us now. Not only a superstar congressman from the great state of Kentucky, but he is the incoming chair of the House Oversight Committee, the man who very well will be leading the charge into the Hunter Biden laptop. I hope you got some rubber gloves on and some hazmat suits. Representative James Comer is here. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going good, but you're a brave man for going inside that laptop. Well, it's, it's worse than uh, even the biggest Hunter Biden critics can imagine, but uh, that's another story for another day. Well... I wanted to speak to that, okay, because we had over the weekend, while you're announcing all of these investigations, which I think people overwhelmingly support, we had CBS of all places come out and corroborate the contents of the laptop, saying as so far as they can tell, it's authentic. Now, what I've been telling my audience is they all knew it was authentic two years ago. They're just starting to acknowledge it now because they realize with Republicans in charge, they're all going to look really bad when this gets uncovered. Is that not a little bit of strategic distancing by them, in your opinion? You're exactly right. They know they're going to look bad. This is going to be accepted the same way the Steele dossier was. Once it became apparent that that was completely fictitious and that's all they reported on for two years, they said the laptop was was fake. Then they said uh, the laptop had been edited, Mm -hmm. and now 
CBS, which I consider a pretty uh, credible media outlet, they've come out and they've done a forensic audit and they said it's true. But also, if you look at, you listen, Jimmy, to what they said. Mm -hmm. So they've seen the laptop. They know what I'm sitting on that I can't talk about because of whistleblower protection. Mm -hmm. But they made a statement in there that said there is evidence that links Joe Biden uh, to benefiting from Hunter's shady business. They said that on CBS this morning. So now, you know, all these media outlets spent all weekend trashing me, Mm -hmm. saying that this was a waste of taxpayer dollars. Why would anyone investigate a president or their or even their family? You know, Mm -hmm. after they've been doing this for six years to Donald Trump. Yep. You know, just just like this was not a priority. This is not what the American people voted for the Republican. And and furthermore, there's no guarantee that laptops not been uh, heavily altered. Well, now CBS comes out and uh, shoots them in the foot on that. So this wow. is not going away for the Democrats or the media. They just better uh, start accepting this and trying to save what little face they have with respect to this Hunter Biden story. You ain't kidding, man. And uh, let me talk about things I have heard uh, said on the air that I know we can speak to. The Biden family had 150 suspicious activity reports filed on them during uh, their time, you know, in government and out of government. That's that's correct. That is correct. Wow. And we do know from what we have been able to verify in this laptop that there was at least a time where Hunter was paying his father's living expenses. According to emails and texts that Hunter sent uh, his family and his associates, he said numerous times that he was sick and tired of having to keep his father up that he paid his father's living expenses. There was one where he said, nobody appreciates him, that Bo was the golden child, but he's the one that really keeps the family going, that he pays for all the living expenses and things like that. So we know where to look in those bank records. That's why in the press conference I said, we're very focused, and I want to be transparent with Mm -hmm. the American people. We're very focused. Mm -hmm. We want those bank violations, which Congress used to have access to Mm -hmm. prior to Joe Biden changing the rules, which we all know why he changed the rules. He changed rules to protect his son and his his brother and probably himself. And then the other thing I want are those bank records. And remember, the Democrats on the Oversight Committee filed suit and won to get President Trump's tax returns. Mm-hmm. So there's precedent set by the Democrat uh, for the Oversight Committee to get financial records mm-hmm. into a uh, presidential pres- a, pres- a president. Now, we don't necessarily need the bank records with President Biden. That would be nice, but mm-hmm. we want the bank records with Hunter Biden because we can, from emails, text messages, and interviews with whistleblowers, we kind of know what living expenses Hunter Biden was paying for with Joe Biden. And it's pretty significant if yeah. if we can prove that. It's a pretty significant amount of benefit. We're not talking about a steak dinner mm-hmm. or, you know, he, he accepted a, uh, you know, something of a four or $500 value. We're, mm-hmm. we're talking about a steady cash cow of uh, benefits mm-hmm. from Hunter Biden. Wow, it's fascinating. We're talking to Kentucky Representative James Comer, who is the incoming chair of the House Oversight Committee. Um, you know, it's so fascinating because one of the other big lies that, you know, was told in the run up to the election was that Joe Biden repeatedly assured the American people he had never discussed his son's business with him. Um, I feel like it's impossible to take him at his word on that based on what you've seen and what I've heard discussed from this laptop. No. 
No, I mean he he lied. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only did he not know, not only did he lie when he said he did not know what Hunter was doing, he coordinated with Hunter. He met with these people who were paying Hunter from Ukraine, mm-hmm. from Russia, from China. We showed pictures in the press conference. Of course, the you know Fox covered it and Newsmax, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the and OAN, but the mainstream TV media didn't. Mm-hmm. We had we had pictures. We had emails where, where they're discussing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole, what was the business Hunter Biden was involved in? It was influence peddling. Yeah. And, and why would you pay Hunter Biden anything, you know, much less millions of dollars? It was so you could have access to Joe Biden, who was vice president. And then in the four years between vice president and president, he was the, uh, a leading contender to be president. So, you know, what Hunter Biden did mm-hmm. is wrong. It's unethical. And the fact that Joe Biden lied about it and has done everything he can to cover up and hinder an investigation, uh, the American people should be concerned about that. And they should be concerned about that energy deal where Joe Biden was in with Hunter in trying to help the Chinese start taking ownership in the American energy industry. Maybe that's why we've got such bad energy policies coming out of this Biden administration. I mean, these are things that need to be investigated. And when, when they, you know, the mainstream media says, oh, well, the, the press, they want Congress focused on inflation. We're going to be focused on inflation. We're going to be focused on everything. Mm-hmm. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. Jimmy, we're going to have probably 40 ongoing investigations. I have a staff, I'm going to have a staff of over 50 people. We're going to be busy working. This isn't the only thing. But I do think the American people care about corruption, and they need to know that their president not only lied, about his knowledge, but he lied about his involvement and and the benefits he received wow. from these shady business dealings. And it's you know it's it's crazy stuff. We're talking to Kentucky Representative James Comer, who's the incoming chair of the House Oversight Committee. Um, it's it's really fascinating to me to watch this play out because I think two years ago. When big tech was censoring this story, when Biden was brazenly lying into the, you know, the, into the news cameras and we never talked to him and shut up about this stuff. I don't know why you keep bringing it up. I don't think they ever saw a world where you guys would be in charge of the House with subpoena power. I don't know, but they don't seem to play the long game. They all play the short game. They were all a prisoner of the moment. So can you confirm this? If you called on Elon Musk to release whatever documents Twitter might have as it pertains to the cover-up in 2020? We have. Uh-huh. Uh, we haven't heard anything back from Elon Musk yet. Yeah. I, I, I hope that he's looking for that. Mm-hmm. I doubt that they still exist. I'd say yeah, they hit the shredder or the delete button. Mm-hmm. Unlike Hunter Biden, I would say the executives at Twitter knew really – correctly how to delete <laughs> information <laughs> so you know that's that's going to be hard to find but i can tell you this you mm-hmm. i'm more convinced than ever that big tech was working directly with the democrat national committee and the white house mm-hmm. on suppressing this information because if you look at how even the associated press covered our press conference thursday mm-hmm. they just copied and pasted yeah. the white house talking point. That's crazy. So the, the, there is a big percentage of the media, and I'm including social media in that, mm-hmm. that just take orders <clears throat> from the Democrats. Maybe it's because they hate Donald Trump. Maybe it's because they truly are uh, you know, brainwashed into thinking that Republicans are a threat to democracy. But for whatever reason, mm-hmm. if it comes out of that Democrat National Committee or, or, or the, the, the 
Biden administration. They just copy and print it and take it as gospel. When I can tell you, CBS just shot a hole in their theory today yeah. that uh, some files had been added to the laptop. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I, I don't know how they're going to try to make make sense of this now because there are a lot of people who human shielded for this story on the way in, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be you're not going to be able to do that for long. Uh, last question: Are you guys uh, are you home for Thanksgiving? Are you guys hosting? Or are you on the road? I'm on the road. I'm in my hometown of uh, Tompkinsville, Kentucky, for the next few days. Oh, but, good for uh, you. We're, we're all over the place. We have fam- my wife and I. We have family everywhere. So we're just I honestly. Mm-hmm. Don't even know where I'm going to be on Thanksgiving. Well, Day. well <laughs> I'm just giving you a heads up that I I get really rowdy on Thanksgiving between the drinking and the gambling. Like I am Hunter Biden for the next 72 hours. <laughs> no, you, so, you're better than that, Jimmy. All right. I can assure you. Well, all I'm asking is you don't open any investigations into the next 72 hours of my life because you're going to find plenty. Uh, You've got a hall pass. All, all right. right. Well, I appreciate that. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Keep up the good work, my man. Thank you. You too. There he goes. The great James Comer from Kentucky's first congressional district. It's like I'm sitting here bagging on this Hunter fella who is, to be clear, a dirtbag and was selling influence in our government by all appearances. There's clearly no comparison between my behavior and his as it pertains to business. But as it pertains to my actual Thanksgiving behavior, oh, good gosh, we are going to be putting up some big numbers this week. Fat, drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. I disagree. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. Not only does she have the number one true crime podcast, it's called What About Holly? She's one of the few people crazy enough to come on this show twice. Christina Corbin is back on the show. Hey, girl. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me. Whoa, I don't know who you pissed off at Fox to get this assignment a second time. (laughs) Is everything okay? Oh, everything's fine. I'm actually in Idaho at the moment covering yes. these terrible crimes for um, murdered college students. Yeah, it's well, it's so crazy because the whole point is we had booked you um, weeks in advance. We were excited because you had a new podcast mm-hmm. coming out. It was True Crime. And lo mm-hmm. and behold, as we're scheduling this true crime discussion about the other crime from 1981, we wind up with right. this hideous situation out in Idaho. Now, has anything updated since yesterday? When we left off yesterday, that was a last briefing we got from law enforcement. Is there any new news uh, that we can report? There really isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is like, you know, an idyllic small town, small college town and, you know, zero crime out here. I Mm -hmm. think the last murder they had was in 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you've got these four students and it's just everyone is just stunned and just kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, just really like, um, in a state of mourning and yeah. shock, um, nobody really even wants to uh, sh- go on camera or show their faces on camera for interviews with the media because they're so scared because yeah. this person or persons are still on the loose. That I mean, that's the craziest part is that they're still out there right now. And I think it's a hard solve because, you know, a lot of these kids went home for Thanksgiving break. College is over. A lot of people left town. And, right. uh, you know, you hope that they'll get it all figured out. But it's 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 a lot to deal with. And. 
you know, you really feel for the people that are in the position they're in, where you've got the insanity of the killer could still be on the loose in town, and then you've obviously got these poor families as well. Um, sure. What we heard from the cops yesterday is, mm-hmm. you know, they're very careful with how they communicate with the public, but it sounds like there's a lot of digital evidence, maybe even DNA evidence at this point. But I guess from what I can tell, and I'm clearly not an expert, sometimes that can make things harder because there's so much evidence overlapping with the scene, No. Right. That, that's a good point. I'm told from a law enforcement source um, mm-hmm. close to this case that they are looking at um, the cell tower near the home to see if there's any anomalies, meaning are there any numbers that pinged near that home at that hour that normally would not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I also there's an unconfirmed sort of report that um, they're looking they're investigating the possibility of the peeping Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't been able to really get that um, officially on the record from the PIO. Okay. Um, but really, they're looking at so much. And I also understand there's a, just a ton of evidence, like forensic evidence from that house that they need to process. And that's going to take some time. Wow. It's it's really heavy stuff. Christina Corbin is on the line if you're just joining us. Her new podcast, her new true crime podcast, What About <laughs> Holly? Available everywhere uh, you get your pods, number one on Spotify. I mean, you're making moves. Um, <laughs> to transition from one horrific story to another really quick, your new latest podcast chronicles a crime that dates back to 1981, correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you take it away from there because you're yeah, better at sure. su- doing a concise summary than I am. Go ahead. Sure. So in the winter of 1981, in the woods just outside of Houston, um, a man and his dog came upon the badly decomposed remains of a young couple. And at that time, they were not able to identify them. They mm-hmm. had no idea who they were. And that was really unusual um, because it's quite rare for two people, two young people to go missing at the same time, mm-hmm. turn up dead, and no one knows who they are. Wow. So they were, uh, and the crime was brutal, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, the female victim was uh, strangled. The male victim was beaten to death. Um, he had been tied and, and, and gagged, and it was just this horrific crime, and no one could solve it because they didn't even know who the victims were. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 40 years, these two amazing, extraordinary genetic genealogists um, were able to take the DNA profile of the remains, upload it into this sort of DNA consortium, this database that like uh, pulls information from all these DNA consumer databases like 23andMe, Ancestry.com, and they were able to, by building out a family tree, elaborate family tree, they were able to identify the male victims. So they called his family in Florida and they said, you know, did you have a a loved one who disappeared 40 years ago? And they said, yes, you know, our brother, Harold Dean Klaus Jr. And then they said, well, what about his wife, Tina? And she said, well, you know, he was found with a young woman. So we believe that was the wife. And then you got this, the bombshell question was, well, what about their baby? Oh, my goodness. Their 10-month-old baby. And the genetic genealogists were like, what baby? Oh my goodness. So that like changed the whole course of this story. And people were like, there's a missing child out there who's now 42 years old, may not even know, you know, who she is, who her real parents were. And then, so the investigation into that case just took off. Wow, it's 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 crazy and it's fascinating and it's just done so well. Like I mean all of your work, like it's really first class Corbin. I'm telling you cuz I care. 
Uh, Thank you. No, for real, though. We need you to work on our show. That's what we need to do. The whole point of having you on was not to promote your pod. It was to it was to dupe you into working on Fox Across America, Corbin. There'll be an offer coming, I kid. Um, well, I look forward to that. Yes, and I do hope you take some time out from all of this grisly, gruesome reporting and have a good Thanksgiving. Okay, pal? Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Oh, you know it. Thanks for classing up the show. We'll do it again soon. Be well. <laughs> All right. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. The great Christina Corbin. The podcast is called What About Holly? I mean, it's a home run. It's a home run uh, effort all around. Definitely check it out over the Thanksgiving break, and definitely stick around. We got a big one coming up with Paul Morrow after this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We're fired up for this big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon because we've got some heinous crimes to get into. But before we get to those, former NYPD Inspector Paul Morrow going to join us to take us inside this unsolved quadruple murder out in Moscow, Idaho. But we're also going to get into the fact that Disney has made some changes at the tippy top of the company. Let me explain this to you one more time. Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney, now brought back into the fold in a stunning development last night. He is replacing Bob Chapik, who, of course, got into a lot of trouble for taking the company woke. Everything woke turns to apparently disney shareholders agreed we've got a new man back at the top of the company meet the new boss same as the old boss but the objective remains the same all right now get out there and make me some god money that's the bottom line mickey wants his cash uh it remains to be seen whether or not he'll get it or more of it anyway from this move but my suspicion is he will because bob Iger. One of the most successful CEOs in the history of the Walt Disney Company, now back in charge. And I wanted to talk about this really quick. I know it seems superficial on a day like today. We've got these horrible murders gripping the country right now. Okay, out in Moscow, Idaho, certainly the Colorado nightclub shooting, which, of course, was immediately, immediately blamed on MAGA Republicans by Nancy Pelosi. That happened. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. The one thing I don't do on this show ever is politicized tragedies. Do not. Is there any link whatsoever between this Colorado shooting and the Republican Party? The answer would be no. Is there any proof whatsoever he consumed any, you know, controversial viewpoints from Republican representatives? The answer would be no. Yet people are running with it all over the media. I, for one, don't touch these stories until we have all of the details. So we have some working understanding of what went on. We have some type of an working narrative uh, that we'll get into out in Moscow, Idaho. The working narrative being right now, they have a preponderance of evidence, but nothing has led them to a killer. We will discuss it. We will get the latest on the effort to solve that hideous, heartbreaking crime with retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow. But right now we begin with a little you and me, because this Disney story really quick is just hilarious to me. It's hilarious, and it is, in fact, having an impact on you yourself as a consumer. Because if you've noticed, ever since Disney got involved fraudulently, I might add, with the Parental Rights and Education Act, that was the bill Ron DeSantis signed into law down in Florida. It was called the Parental Rights and Education Act. It was a six-page bill. We read it on the air at one point. 
Okay, this bill never once ever used the word gay in the bill. Never said gay. Yet Democrats, their allies in the media, okay, went out there and they labeled this the don't say gay bill. That's not right. Okay, why did they call it the don't say gay bill? Because they were trying to mobilize support against DeSantis. They were trying to mobilize midterm support by saying, hey, the Republicans are out to get gay people in Florida. That is a fact check false. Florida has the third largest gay population in America. Has anyone been the Key West? Okay, they're having a great time down there. They're not under attack. They're not worried about Ron DeSantis locking them up. But Bob Chapek, outgoing Disney CEO, took the bait and ran with this narrative, a complete scam, that Disney was somehow banning gay people. No, well, excuse me, that Florida was banning gay people. What Ron DeSantis was doing with the Parental Rights and Education Act was he was saying it will be illegal in our state to teach sex ed to kindergartners, to first graders, to second graders, to third graders. Do you want to know why he made that illegal? Because it shouldn't be going on. Bingo. Okay, back in the day, if someone told you they wanted to teach sex ed to your five-year-old, you punched him in the face. Now, I'm not calling for violence. That is not the type of show that we do. But I am laughing out loud at the comeuppance for Bob Chapek because he tried to gaslight the public on fake homophobia. Okay, Disney was not banning specific, excuse me, Florida was not banning specific types of sex ed. It wasn't like, well, you could teach sex, straight sex ed, but you can't teach gay. Or you could teach straight and gay, but you can't teach trans. They were banning all sex ed because here's a newsflash, okay? Anybody who wants to teach sex ed to five-year-olds shouldn't be around five-year-olds. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Never mind the hypocrisy of the whole thing, because Disney and Disney Plus happen to do business in 12 countries that have criminalized gay activity. So you think about that. Okay, Bob Chapek, at the time the CEO of Disney goes to war against Ron DeSantis for a fake claim that he had something against gay people while he himself was getting rich off countries that are imprisoning gay people. That's just how white folks will do you. Point being, every one of these woke virtue signaling corporations is completely and totally full of And that's why Bob Chapek is gone. Okay, the company began to lose money. The company went sideways under his leadership because he decided the woke grievance of the day was more important than the bottom line of his shareholders. And he found out the wrong way, the hard way, that that's just not the case. Now, listen, little boy. That's basically Mickey sat him down on his knee, (laughs) looked at the business losing $1.5 billion in the fourth quarter. Yo, when Disney is a business that caters to little kids, okay, little kids, by design, that means your most important your most important customer is who? Their parents. Okay, when little kids got together and said, hey, mom and dad, we want to go to Disney World. They didn't want to go because Disney was reconfiguring the rides to be called Snow White and the Seven Genders. They didn't want to ride Peter Pan sexual. They wanted to go on Space Mountain. 
but when they got off the ride, they didn't want to be lectured about chopping off their genitals. Okay, Bob Chapik didn't know that because he's one of a, a lot of weak-kneed CEOs in this country who constantly kowtow to a tyranny of the minority. Now, if you remember this story, it really did play a role in what went on at Netflix as it pertains to Dave Chappelle and the effort to cancel him. Okay, Disney realized in watching its company lose money, in watching its stock lose 36% of its value this year, that people go to places like Disney World for escapism. You go to Disney World because it's, it's you know supposed to be the happiest place on earth, not the wokest place. Not the most politically minded place. Disney World is supposed to be a place of common culture. People put their differences aside and go pay sixty-two fifty for a Buzz Lightyear doll. People put their differences aside and go pay $195 to get in. Again, if Disney was really worried, really worried about inclusion, they wouldn't change the pronouns. They would change the prices. There are a lot more people being kept out of Disney by the cost of admission than they are the type of pronouns being used on Main Street. Nobody is sitting out in the parking lot in Daisy Green where they've just paid sixty-two fifty to park for the day going, gee, kids, I'd love to bring you inside if only we could afford these pronouns. No, no, no. They're being kept out by the prices. Okay, Disney is one of the most classist places on earth. They've removed a lot of the spontaneity from going to this actual theme park. You now go to Disney World and make appointments to ride rides. That's not the spontaneity of a theme park. That's just a job. Hey, we've got a 2 o'clock with the teacups. We've got a 4.30 with Big Thunder Mountain. And then if we get out of that on time, we have a 6 o'clock with Space Mountain. That's what's going on now at Disney World. Okay, it's not the old school theme park you envision where you just fly by the seat of your pants. We want to go on this ride. We want to go on that ride. No, Disney has become very much a regimented, organized day for you and your family. I've been there three times on the cab driver's salary. I'm still paying interest on a hot pretzel I bought in Tomorrowland back in 2012. Believe me, I have been on the wrong end of some Disney trips. And again, I don't doubt I don't doubt that there are parents with trans children that want them accepted in the world, and I do believe those children deserve acceptance in this world. But what Disney was doing to Ron DeSantis was not about uh, acceptance. It was about a completely false representation of a bill he signed shielding children from sex ed. Yet Disney got out there and led the charge with all the other left-wing activists and accused Ron DeSantis of trying to ban gay people. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And the thing we're going to get to is the fact that when you look at this guy's tenure, okay, it was uh, – we're talking about Bob Chapik again and again and again. It was met with losing money for the company. Okay, nobody anywhere in Hollywood, anywhere in Hollywood got out of bed yesterday thinking this was coming. But apparently it had been in the works for a while because Iger – probably led the company to, I would say, the heights, you know, the Pixar era of Disney when all the money was made. I mean, on some small level, I resent the guy because he's the reason I've I've blown most of my life savings buying stupid toys for Lincoln that he stopped playing with a month after I got him. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Lincoln famously, when I got him a Buzz Lightyear toy for his birthday when he was young, really thought it could fly. 
and he got to the top of our staircase. And believe me, like, I bought this toy on a cab driver's salary. <laughs> like, when I was buying a kid an $80 toy, it, it hurt. It was a big deal. I mean, I was happy that the kid was able to get what he wanted. But Lincoln got his Buzz Lightyear toy out of the box, ran to the top of the stairs at our own house, yells, to infinity and beyond, and throws the toy in the air like it can fly. <laughs> Needless to say, the thing bursts into about five pieces at the bottom of the staircase, and the toy I had worked doubles and triples in a cab to afford was now shattered just moments after coming out of the box. So I don't really have a horse in this race as it pertains to Bob Chapik, but when it comes to Iger, yeah, he ushered in the era that broke me. But I'm still happy to see him come back because when you get rid of a woke CEO like Chapik, it's always going to be addition by subtraction. Because what were they doing with the trans movement? Okay, they were trying to erase women. This is the biggest pushback you get from the right when it comes to trans rights. Okay, trans people deserve our acceptance. They deserve inclusion in society. No one is out there saying harm these people. No one is out there saying they don't belong. What we're out there saying a lot of the times here at Fox is that if you want trans people to compete in sports, they should be in their own category. Why? Because biological men have a decided advantage over biological women when it comes to sports. Think of the Leah Thomas story. You never see a story where a woman transitions into a man and starts winning every single athletic event. I think he's got a point. But there are plenty of instances where men have transitioned into women and won everything in sight. Why? Because biology is on their side. That doesn't make me anti-trans to say that. That makes me pro-women. They are erasing women with a lot of the trans movement. And the way they erase it is by calling anybody who raises any doubts whatsoever a turf, a monster, a transphobe. They say you're getting people killed. Okay, look at what they did to J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter and said, hey, I'm a woman. Women fought for hundreds of years to get me the rights I have today. I don't like the idea that we're no longer women. We're now birthing persons. I don't like the idea that we're no longer women. We're now people who menstruate. I don't like the idea that people are telling me there's no biological difference between a man and a woman. Why? Because we all know there is. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. But Disney fell prey to this woke tyranny of the left-wing trans movement, stirring up grievance where there was none. And to be clear, none of them care about individual trans people. They're just trying to weaponize their plight for political clout. And the best example I'll give you there is my good friend, Caitlyn Jenner. You've heard her on the show. We've done Gutfeld together. If you remember when Caitlyn Jenner came out as trans, the left gave her an ESPN Courage Award. They said she is beautiful. And anyone who has any criticism of her whatsoever is a monster and will be banned from polite society. Okay, fine, we hear you. Two weeks later, Caitlyn Jenner goes, by the way, I'm a Republican. And the left goes, get the f*** out of here, you f***. And that's why everything they do is a fraud. None more so than how they gaslit us over this Florida don't say gay bill, which was not trying to harm gay people. It was trying to protect little boys and little girls who should be nowhere near sex ed. And you know what else it was trying to protect? Good old-fashioned biology. Remember biology? Some of us still do. And I'm glad to know a few of them work at Disney.
Not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to downshift here a second. We've got Paul Morrow coming up in the next break. He is a retired NYPD inspector. He was on America's Newsroom with myself earlier today, uh, separately from myself, but he was on there reacting to these horrific murders out in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, if you're listening on any of our affiliates out there, KID, KIDJ, KIDG, or anything like that in the Idaho area, uh, if you're in Pocatello, you're out in Moscow, uh, we certainly you know, have you in our thoughts and in our prayers as well, and you really feel for these families of these four victims uh, of a crime that remains unsolved as of today, which is nearly nine days after uh, these murders were committed. Now, from what we've been told, based on the reporting on the ground, uh, the police have been able to clear a lot of potential perpetrators, uh, but they are still trying to narrow down the field and get us some type of a working uh, plan to catch a suspect here. I mean, I'm not the expert. Paul Morrow will be discussing it. But what we do know for a fact is four college students were killed uh, in their beds between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. last Sunday, uh, early Sunday morning. Uh, and while several suspects have been cleared in the case, uh, there are a lot of what were described to me as gaps in the investigation, meaning information they're still trying to fill in, meaning digital data they're still trying to get from cell phone towers, meaning DNA evidence, forensic evidence they're still trying to analyze. There are a lot of moving parts, and this being as grisly and as gruesome and as sad of a story as it is, rather than me just pontificating and playing a bunch of silly sound drops, we're going to bring in an expert and we're going to have an adult conversation about a crime that's gripping the nation when we come back. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. You talk about an embarrassment of radio riches. My producer managed to get this next superstar guest into the studio. I don't even want to know what this is going to cost us. He is, of course, the founding member uh, at OpsDesk.org, which is as good of a crime site as you're going to find anywhere. And he joins us now to talk about a crime that's making national headlines out in Idaho. Retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow is in the house. Hey, man. Good to see you. This kind of is our sleepless in Seattle. Can we acknowledge that? We have spoken over the phone on this show yeah. for a long time. This is not quite a meeting at the top of the Empire State Building, no, uh, but you've got you know a studio. It's not nothing. So this is what you look like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't deserve that. So are you saying I am not? Who Does that make you Meg Ryan in this sleepless in I, Seattle? I, I'm, and not, meet? I'm not sure how I feel about that, but <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the case. Yeah. I guess i got to sign up for Tom I, Hanks. I should, I should learn better than to crack wise with a stand-up comic. Yeah, 
Gotcha. Yeah, 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 Paul Morrow. Don't butter me up now. That's it's right. too late. That's I took right. a lot of shots off the air. Well, I strike a light tone out of the gate, but I should warn everybody listening that it is all downhill from here. Uh, we've got a heinous crime out in Idaho. Uh, I was watching you talk about it on America's Newsroom this morning, and I really appreciate you giving us some time to delve into what you've gleaned. Uh, you have, just so the audience understands, up at OpsDesk, which is your website, you have, what is it, a timeline of the events? Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, on OpsDesk.org, uh, we've put together a solid timeline of what occurred over the course of the night in question into the morning Sunday last. And um, I think the point of it is that it's based on uh, primary sources where mm-hmm. at all possible or family interviews that have been published. Okay. So it's, it's information that you can rely upon. And then at the end, we sort of crowdsourced among ourselves because it's uh, mostly cops, investigators, some intelligence folks. Um, we put together uh, investigation gaps that we think yeah, the cops are likely that. looking at now. Okay. So when you say an investigation gap, right. okay, to my knowledge, okay, we believe that these killings occurred somewhere between 3 and 4 a.m. Mm. The 911 call comes about eight hours later. Yeah. Is, that what, is that what you consider a gap? Uh, yeah, and more not just time gaps, but just knowledge gaps. Okay, you know, I they, see. We don't know this. We don't know that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they haven't located the knife. The DNA hasn't come back yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, what's all the DNA at the scene uh-huh. and all the digital forensics. And that's a big, big part of these investigations now that I think a lot of people don't realize. A lot of the – and this is one of the reasons why it's going to take some time. Uh-huh. And it's one of the reasons why it's good to have the FBI in it because they're very good with tech stuff. Uh-huh. So you're going to have to dump the phones. If you can't get into them, you're going to have to figure out a way to get into the phones, the social media accounts, get the texts, get get the emails. Mm-hmm. You got to dump the Wi-Fi to see who was logged into the Wi-Fi at the time in question. Mm-hmm. I actually put the time of death. I know the coroner has it as three to four as per her interview. Uh-huh. Um, but we have the last call going to Jack at okay. two fifty two. Okay, that argues that eight minutes later they mm-hmm. were all dead, sound asleep, mm-hmm. and didn't hear any commotion mm-hmm. uh, when the killer broke in and did what he did, assuming mm-hmm. he broke in. Yeah. Um, so I think that the time of death is likely going to be somewhat later. Okay. Um, but nonetheless, it's, uh, you know, it was at least, let's say, seven hours before the bodies are discovered. Okay, that's heavy. Uh, Paul Morrow's in studio. If you're just joining us, retired NYPD inspector, the founder of OpsDesk.org. Uh, are they wrongly maligning the small town police department out of the gate here a little bit? I, I think so. Um, you know, so the initial um, reaction, their mm-hmm. reflex, was to tamp this down a little bit. Yeah. I understand why they did it. I mean, I think they'd probably like to have it back right now. Maybe they would like to have maybe nuanced it a bit more. But, you know, the the bodies clearly had been there for a while. Uh They can tell, you know, the blood's blood's coagulated without getting all kinds of graphic. They say, okay, this didn't immediately just happen, right? So they wanted to forestall any panic. I'm sure they're in touch with the school, talking Mm -hmm. to the school president, their public relations folks say, look, we don't want to cause panic by um, putting out something that makes people think there is an imminent threat. Yes. And they also probably judged that they would be able to roll this thing up relatively quickly. They probably thought, you know what, this is going to turn out to be some kind of a domestic that's going to yield to us quickly. And when I say a domestic, somebody, you know, a a love triangle or Uh something, a stalking thing. And then it didn't happen. Yeah. And then they had a man up and, to their credit, come out a couple days later, and they knew they were going to get grief for this. But Mm -hmm. they came out and they said, okay, this is not yielding to us quickly, Mm -hmm. and we want to warn everybody that there's a killer still out there. And it's professional of them to do it. One of the things you know as a cop, you're not always going to be the most popular person in the room. And Mm -hmm. I know people are frustrated. They want information. They want it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to get the guy, but we want to get the right guy. Yeah. Now – 
The one place I do see maybe a little wiggle room, and it's easy to do from halfway across the country, and I don't know this, but I see a lot of the family members. They seem to have stopped now, but a lot of the family members felt like they weren't being kept in the loop. Yeah. That is vital. Mm -hmm. So there might have been a little bit of slippage there Mm -hmm. um, because you do want to make sure that they're tightly kept in the loop. But barring that, I don't see any uh, investigatory steps or anything like that, procedural steps or whatever, that they haven't done correctly. I'm just not aware of anything. There could be something, but I, I don't see it. You know what it almost feels like when you get a heinous crime? You're talking about four college kids stabbed to death, yeah. you know, presumably in their sleep. Uh, it's heavy stuff, and I think the lack of a you know, established suspect. I think the la- a lack of a narrative to build on yeah. leaves the room hungry for something else. They're like, well, yeah. what if the cops are screwing up? Yeah, exactly. And then we're just filling the vacuum with that in the meantime. But things we do know, okay, I've heard there is a lot of evidence. Maybe it's digital. Maybe some of it's DNA. My question to you is, does that almost make it harder because there's so much overlapping with the actual crime itself. I think so. I mean, that's why they are, I think, stressing. If you notice all the press releases, et cetera, they're putting out how much personnel they have on this yeah. thing. You know, we got 20 FBI agents. We got this. We got that. They have a lot of data to crunch here. Aside from all the digital stuff that I'm talking about, and including some stuff that I'm not talking about, mm-hmm. um, there are, at the very least, two crime scenes mm-hmm. plus the whole house. You're going to have um, – fingerprints all over the house, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then there's the interviews. And think about this. Everybody went home. The town's yeah. a ghost town. Mm-hmm. So you have all of these potential witnesses mm-hmm. and even potentially a perp yeah. who blew town. Because it's Thanksgiving break. It's Thanksgiving break. And so you have all these folks who left town who now mm-hmm. you have to potentially track and you have to make lists of them. Mm-hmm. And then you have to track them down to interview them and they're in other states. Sheesh. So that's another reason why it's good to have the FBI um, they uh, can serve as liaison to these other areas, or mm-hmm. you can always call other police departments, et cetera, but keeping these things in a bucket. Let me tell you what's going on. They okay. have a task force set up. Mm-hmm. They have me having regular meetings every day, mm-hmm. probably a morning meeting and an evening meeting. Okay. And uh, everybody gets together. All the unit heads get together of the various agencies. There's four agencies by my count involved mm-hmm. in this thing. They all get together to synchronize what they're seeing, how they're seeing it. There's a database kept of all the evidence that's coming in so that it's in place to hand to the prosecutor and for when the time comes. Mm -hmm. And all of that stuff has to be organized. You have to herd all of those cats so things aren't lost in the fog of war. Mm -hmm. And you end up with a battle cadence. And then what you do is you say, okay, we're going to do every other day, which is what they've established, we're going to do a press opportunity. And we're in that now. This is what you do when you have an ongoing event. Okay. But you go every other day. Is there a strategy to that? What is the strategy there? I think that they probably can't predict when they're going to have something. Okay. So they say, okay, we'll do it every other day so they're to feed the beast, the media beast. Mm-hmm. Um, look, if something breaks tomorrow that they think the media has got to know and yeah. that they can know, then mm-hmm. obviously they'll call an audible and say, let's put a press briefing up. But um, if you tell the media, look, we have another availability Wednesday, mm-hmm. at least the media feels like, all right, they're talking to us. They're not obfuscating they're stuff. They're being forthright. They're not hiding anything. Uh-huh. And everybody feels like everybody's doing the right thing. Well, then I wanted to ask you this. Paul Morrow is in studio. Uh, if you don't check out opsdesk.org, do. Uh, it comes highly recommended from Dana Perino. I don't want to get off message here, but Perino is like, if you're Elvis, she's Tom Parker. Like she's, <laughs> She walks around smacking people's phones out of their hand. They're like, what are you reading? Is that Ops Desk? No, pick up Ops Desk. So whatever you're paying her, uh, give her a raise. Uh, but let's talk about this, Paul Morrow. Is the media almost a hindrance? I understand, you know, the public has a right to information. But internally, I know no one's going to get up to a microphone who's on this case 
and say, you guys are making our jobs harder. I know they don't want to do that. But do people feel internally like this gives them an extra complication to deal with, the fact that they have to get out and feed this beast? Yeah. I mean, undeniably. You can see it in some of the reactions from the prosecutor. I don't know if you've seen any of those interviews, but the media has come up on him, and you can see he's very tired of answering the same questions, and he doesn't have any real information to give at this point other than what he's already given. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, you know, look— Aside from the families, you know, mm-hmm. who's everybody's, everybody's heart goes out to, mm-hmm. nobody wants to solve this more than the people working the case, trust yeah. me. I mean, none of these detectives, none of these FBI agents, none of these prosecutors, they're not going home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, anybody who thinks that they're not, you know, just really putting everything they have into this thing doesn't know anything about cops. These guys will likely never see a case like this again in their lives. Mm-hmm. They understand the importance of it. There is international focus on it, and mm-hmm. it's gotten – but this is why they became cops. This is why they became investigators, prosecutors. So it becomes very personal. Yeah, it's it's heavy. And I would imagine, you know, knowing what we know about the type of killing and everything like that, it seems to read like some type of a crime of passion. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, the fact that it's – we're a week out, eight days out, whatever the heck we are, means there could be a curveball in there for us somewhere too. Yeah. And I think I, – you kind of said this out of the gate. I think their initial belief was we're going to wrap this up in 48 hours. Right. Now we're in kind of no man's land. Yeah. So if you don't – you know, homicides, one thing about them, they do go cold fast, right? Yeah. So if you don't get it right away, the good news, however, is that because of technology uh-huh. – um, first of all, the CSI effect, right, yeah. which is the um, you know the DNA and all the forensics, physical forensics, mm-hmm. the way that's developed, but also the digital forensics. Because of that, it's unbelievably difficult mm-hmm. to, for lack of a better term, get away with murder. Yeah. I mean, it's just people are trackable these days. A lot of us don't like that, uh-huh. but the, um, that's the case. The horror vision of this thing is the real outlier, yeah. which is you have somebody who has absolutely no real connection to the victims Mm -hmm. and who just for whatever reason however saw the opportunity Uh and took it now they no there was no signs of sexual assault Mm -hmm. so that would tend to mitigate against a serial killer type Mm -hmm. thing which is what a a random thing generally is that kind of a thing so you know you may want to start to take that off the table but that's not always the case and Mm -hmm. those are the ones where that where it's completely random, yeah. it happens opportunistically, those are the ones that are just so hard to solve. Yeah. But the cops are saying out there, and they know what they're saying very consciously, that this is targeted. Mm-hmm. My gut tells me that they have some indicia mm-hmm. of where this may be coming out of, what world this may be coming out of. That doesn't mean they have a, a suspect or even a series of suspects, uh-huh. but I think they know where the soft spot is to start to probe at. Okay. Um, if I were going to take this as purely speculative Mm -hmm. i am uh interested in who was at the location Mm -hmm. who arrived at the location before the cops did it Mm -hmm. came out yesterday in a press conference that they called their friends yes the cops are being very very reticent Mm -hmm. and very coy about who made the 911 call Mm -hmm. how many people were more than one person apparently spoke to the 911 operator so they passed the phone around Mm -hmm. they're being very coy about who those people are. Wow. They don't want the media, et cetera, chasing around to find uh-huh. and get in the way with those A potential folks. lead yeah. on the case. Wow, that's, that's heavy stuff. One thing uh, that you said, I just want you to repeat because my wife is probably listening. You said it's hard to get away with murder? 
Very, very hard. However, take if, that, Jenny. Tell her to go to opsdesk.org. I'm happy to guide her. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I got to that place in my marriage uh, to leave it here uh, where I believe I bought too much life insurance. Jenny, no charge. <laughs> it was all it was all going good. And ever since I got that new life insurance, Paul, she keeps recommending things like skydiving. And you always liked cliff jumping, didn't you? I'm like, I've never been cliff jumping. What are you talking about? So, Jenny, stay away from opsdesk.org. But everybody else uh, should be hitting up opsdeck.org. And I appreciate you giving me some time today, my man. Thank you for having me. We'll do it again soon. Good to see you. The great Paul Morrow, back after this. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to the great Paul Morrow. If you do not read opsdesk.org. That is the website. He updates it daily, sends out a crime newsletter uh, covering crime across the country. But of course, this, you know, heinous tragedy out in Idaho is gripping the nation right now. And Paul has a minute-by-minute timeline of when the murders went down, the calls came in, the investigation gaps that the cops are going after. He's just a really fascinating fella, retired NYPD inspector. He and I talk a lot off the air about, you know, the overlap between cab drivers and cops. And the way he always says it is cab drivers see things, you know, cops see them afterwards. Meaning, you know, somebody beats somebody up in the back of my cab and then cops get to the scene after I've seen it live. And it's true. That's why I'm such a mess and I'm such a nut. Is uh, I've seen some things, folks. I'm not proud. Uh, But if you want to see me, how about this for a perfect plug? Uh, We're going to be down in Oklahoma City Friday night. December the 9th, Saturday night, December the 10th, I will be at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. You can get tickets for that at BricktownComedy.com. The following week, I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's Friday night, December the 16th, Saturday night, December the 17th. That is the Summit City Comedy Club. Tickets for that at SummitCityComedy.com. Come hang out with your radio buddy. You know, the world is on fire. It's a mess. We're talking about, you know, all these Twitter meltdowns with Elon Musk, and we've got the investigations with the Hunter Bidens of the world, and now this DOJ scam with Trump. I mean, I, they got to be running out of things to investigate in the Trump family. I think we're down to season three now of Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> like, I don't know if Arsenio Hall was the rightful winner. We've got to look into this. It's really getting crazy. So the point is, you know, a night at a comedy club uh, really might be in need. It might almost be therapeutic for you and yours at this point. And as I've said before on the show, if you've got Fox fans in your family, buying them tickets to see me in Oklahoma City or Fort Wayne, really good Christmas gift. Now, i got to be honest. If you have CNN f- friends in your family, really good April Fool's gift. Buy them just the same. Ha-ha. They'll come out. They'll have a good time because that's what we do. You know, I say this a lot on our show to the point of exhaustion. Our live events are there's nothing to compare them to because everybody in the audience is just another maniacal version of me. They're picking on my clothes. They're talking about Fox and making jokes about the world. It's like it's really weird. But what it reminds me of, and I think the reason I'm touring so much is not just because Jenny wants me out of the house really bad, but it's because I, I, it takes me back to this place where I almost feel like it's like 1987. 
when I go on the road. Because believe me, I am talking on a comedy stage. Like, there's no such thing as cancel culture or the outrage mob. I don't care. Like, I do believe at the end of the day, the people who want to laugh are always going to win over the five or six people who want to get offended. Because here's a newsflash. Nobody's really offended. Okay, people get offended at jokes, like a Dave Chappelle joke, because they know they'll get attention for it. It's not because they're legitimately mad so much as they're trying to get something for acting mad. So when I'm on stage, I'm not placating them. So that's part of the 1987 vibe. But the other part of the vibe is everybody there likes the country. Everybody there doesn't take life so serious because we have built a crowd on this show that really is an outlier in the world of politics. We're on the air day in, day out. We say the world's on fire, but we're roasting radio marshmallows, okay? And that's the way it's always going to be. So if you're in Oklahoma City, December the 9th, December the 10th, come down to the Bricktown Comedy Club. It's bricktowncomedy.com. If you're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, come to the Summit City Comedy Club, and that is summitcitycomedy.com. Friday night, December 16th. Saturday night, my birthday. December 17th. It's going to be a rowdy one. Uh, Rumors of a Jenny Fela sighting in the house as well. Uh, Either way you slice it. This show is over. I got to get out to the Fox News Christmas tree lighting. Let's hope we don't do two of these this year. You know, last year we did run into a little bit of a problem involving a book of matches and a vagrant here in the tri-state area. Hopefully that guy's far enough away that we only have to do this once. But either way, happy Monday. I'll see you all over the television tomorrow. Until then, be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.